You're listening to the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. This podcast is a part of Overtime Heroics. Join the forums for free at OvertimeHeroics.com. And the Rise Up Podcast Community, bit.ly slash community. It's episode 102 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. And this week we're talking about sports building from the ground up, including one in the heart of it all, hosting one of the biggest, most prestigious tournaments in the country when the facility opens. Can we build it? I can't. I, I'm just a podcaster, but yes, we can. It's the local Sunday sports podcast. Welcome to another installment of the gem on the Queen's crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton sports podcast opening theme from music radio creative. Visit the leewmallon.com slash podcast to listen on your favorite podcasting platform. Now for our host, Lee W. Mowen. Before we begin talking about more construction, there is something that happened. First time ever in this school's history, and a very big piece of news. The Wright State Raiders earned their first ever McCafferty Trophy. That's great. What's the McCafferty Trophy? Well, that's the James J. McCafferty Trophy, which recognizes the Horizon League's all-sport champion. It's named after the first commissioner of the Horizon League, back then known as the Midwestern City Conference, who served as the commissioner from the 1979-80 school year. It's awarded annually, this trophy. And it's based on the league's 19 championship sports. Meaning if the Horizon League doesn't carry it, you can't be a part of it. Like Youngstown State and football. Also, Green Bay and Nordic skiing. I should add that too. So, the Raiders have been part of the Horizon League since 1994. And actually, if you want to go a little further, Dayton was part of it for a couple years as well. As was Notre Dame. Duquesne was in there for a year. But yeah, Wright State's never won the trophy in their few years being part of the Horizon League. Back then, known as the Midwestern Collegiate Conference. It was MCC until about 2001 when the Horizon League got its new name. Terrific year for Wright State. Something that I've always loved talking about when the teams and the schools do well. That's one of my favorite things about this podcast, just because it doesn't seem to be shared anywhere else. But anyway, the Wright State Raiders have won the first McCafferty Trophy with 43 points. Oakland finished second with 35, Milwaukee 34, Youngstown State 33 and a half points. If you're wondering where half points come in, you can share a title and there you go. UIC in 5th place, 33. Cleveland State, 29. Norfolk, Kentucky, 30 points. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. The press release is wrong. Why is Cleveland State 6, but Norfolk, Kentucky has one more point? Eh, it doesn't matter. So, Norfolk, Kentucky, 30 points. Cleveland State, 29 points. That's why we look at this before we start hitting record, but nah. IUPUI, 27.5 points. Green Bay, 20 points, and Detroit with 7.5 points. Rice State got the majority of their points with men's all-sports totals. No winning, no part of the men's basketball regular season title, men's soccer, baseball, you know, that all helps. With 26 points, which is above Oakland and Youngstown State's men's points with 19 Norfolk, Kentucky finished in a tie for fourth with UIC with 16. You know, winning the tournament certainly helps for the Norse. For the women, the Raiders finished in a tie for fourth with 17 points of UIC. Milwaukee, who's really, really strong in women's soccer and years past in basketball. Not as strong as Green Bay, but 
they're pretty strong in women's sports. They don't carry softball, though. The Panthers of Milwaukee took the women's all-sports totals with 22 points, followed by IUPUI's 18.5, Cleveland State's 18, Wright State and UIC 17, Oakland 16, Youngstown State 14.5, Green Bay and Northern Kentucky tied for 8th with 13, which is a big surprise because, again, Green Bay is the big bully in women's basketball. Although Wright State snapped that 20 straight seasons with at least a share of the Horizon League regular season title earlier this year. That's a cough. That's not a laugh, I promise. Sorry. And Detroit was seven points. Detroit also got half a point in men's all sports totals. So the Raiders, their first ever McCafferty trophy, and I look forward to seeing it in the trophy cases in the Nutter Center. If you ever go through there to visit the athletics office, it's a great piece of history. Just see what the trophies look like, what Wright State played in. There's even a Gem City Jam basketball in there, which I know, Hornet's Nest, not talking about that today. No way, Jose. Maybe a little bit later, but... Anyway, I like to talk about construction. Yes, because this is apparently a construction thing. No, it's not a new hockey arena. Sorry. I don't know what's happening with the old Roberts Plaza. It is finally all leveled, including that former Roberts administrative building. Although the sign's still up, which is weird. It's weird to see it all flattened out, too. Just this thing. You probably bought, you or your parents or your family probably bought furniture from Roberts. Probably that one, because that was like the crown of the Roberts Empire. Especially when I went down south to Georgia and Florida for some reason. I want to talk more about building up because I think it was episode 93-94 where I was talking about where's all these teams going. Well, there are sports places being built around here. I feel like it's a time to talk a little bit about them. So the first thing I like to do, there is one that I wanted to talk about, but I can't for the life of me find it. So... It's either gone, deleted off the internet, or a crazy hay fever dream. What it was, it was supposed to be all these soccer fields built just south of South Metro, which, at the moment, South Metro is the southmost building on Success Lane, which is off Austin Boulevard between Yankee and 741. So, a pretty good location. Interstate's just a stone's throw away. And I wanted to find it because that's cool, because that's technically Centerville's territory, but you're close to Springboro, well, hey, maybe you can share it. I don't know. But right there, south part of that building, there's nothing. And it got flattened out. There's like an old shed or something, and that's gone now. There's been rumors, you know, that South Metro wants to put up a second sheet of ice, which I still hope it happens. You know, build hockey here. That's what I want to see. But at the same time, I haven't heard anything on that. And the soccer thing would have been cool because it's more sports to come to that area and it's more, you know, money to the businesses at Austin Landing, you know, and that speedway at the corner of Yankee and Austin slash social row. But I can't find it. I looked for a solid half an hour on Google, on Facebook, because I know I shared it. I looked forever and I could not find it. So it was being done by CUSA, which is Centerville's Youth Soccer Program. If you find it, I can add it in a future episode and talk about it, but I can't find it. So, yeah, I, I'm a little upset on that. It's, it's just, I planned on it, and then it's like, oh, well, it's gone. So, great. So that might be a thing that might not be a thing. The next part I'd like to talk about is already a thing, and it's being touched up. It is that what I thought was abandoned baseball complex on Farmersville, West Carrollton Road, just outside Moraine. It used to be a beautiful farmland, old brick farmhouse, a couple barns there off of Soldier's Home, Miamisburg Road, and then a couple, it might even be a decade ago now. That's how old this place is. Uh, it turned into be a five-field baseball complex. And it was open for about a year, and then... Poof. 
Never heard from again. If you go to Facebook, you can find the Fields Complex page. And this is, I believe, a group of people, maybe just one gentleman, that are trying to get it back up in running order. The location itself, it's, you know, it's out of the city. This is where you start getting into the middle of nowhere. You know, a.k.a. where I'm from. Rumor has it that I was born in a field of corn. But then it can't be because I'm, you know, I sneeze at the first sign of pollen. So there you go. Anyway, the field's already built, but this group is touching it up and trying to make it, you know, playable. I have a graphic here on my phone because, yes, this is one I saved. I was smart about it. This says, coming summer 2018, which be last year, you can follow them on Facebook. Again, it is the Fields Complex. It's the Fields Moraine Sports Complex. Five full-size fields centered around a restaurant with a full upper deck. For viewing and meeting, faculty offerings include tournament play of baseball and softball, as well as camps, clinics, and scrimmage practices. Let's bring tournament play back into the South Dayton area. And there's also on this graphic, 94% of local baseball families want to stay in the area. First up, what about the other six? 6% really want to travel that far? I mean, I know hockey's got to do it, but all sports really have to do it eventually, but there you go. The purpose is to bring quality youth baseball and softball play back to the Dayton area. That's the top priority from these folks. Looking more on this, the actual address is 6363 Farmersville, West Carrollton Road. Weirdly enough, it's got a Miamisburg address, which, I don't know. I mean, Miamisburg's more towards south. It's not really my, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, you can email info at thefieldscomplex.com if you like more information or see how you can help. The Facebook page, it's got a couple videos showing the progress. However, the last post was October 7th, 2018. Now, I know we've had a really rainy summer and really hectic one as well. But at the same time, I, I hope that this comes through. Because you know what? It's already built. You might as well use it. Don't leave it just an abandoned eyesore where it's like, oh, baseball. Oh, it looks all run down. I'll keep on driving. Bye. I really wanted to succeed. I wasn't the biggest fan of it getting built. But at the same time, if you have it there, you know, make use of it. I, I mean, looking at the aerial picture it has, it is a solid complex. It's got lights. It's all natural grass. At least I think that's natural grass. Although the only thing I see a lot of times when I'm coming back home uh, at the right part of the evening, you see people that are parked there and they drive their uh, drone planes around, which is which is kind of cool, but I mean, I don't know. I want to see it happen and if you want to you know, help out the cause, again, that email is info at thefieldscomplex.com. However, do not go to thefieldscomplex.com website because it is part free courtesy of godaddy.com. There's no web page on there go like the facebook page trust me you'll have more news i learned about this because the former dayton flyers head coach and now the wilmington college quakers head coach tony vittorio shared something on facebook and that got me interested i don't know why it took me until now to talk about it but you know there you go i want to see it succeed i mean 94 percent of families can't be wrong and plus, it's in a it's got enough parking. That's not the problem. Well, I think it has enough parking. But if you have all five fields used at the same time, maybe it's not, I don't know. You can bring back, you know, you can bring back like tournaments. I forgot what tournaments were apparently. You can bring those there. You can make it successful, and I wish these folks nothing but the best of luck. It's got 340 people that like it and another 10 that follow it. And again, it is the Fields 
Complex on Facebook. It's the Fields Moraine Sports Complex. And now we move on to the next part of our little spiel here. I don't know why I say R. I mean, I'm sharing this podcast with you, so I guess that's why I say it. Uh, the other day, <clears throat> driving out of West Carrollton, I saw their steel beams being popped up at the intersection of Miami slash Farmers of West Carrollton Road and Central. Old Route 25, if you know what that is. That's Spike It. They're building that complex there. I thought it was more going to be at the intersection of Elm and Central. No, because that's a pretty big light. But, hey, they're building it. So it is going to be happening. And I'm excited. Of course, this weather has probably thrown construction into a tizzy. But I, I want to see how they do. I mean, indoor and outdoor volleyball. I mean, I'm sure outdoor volleyball be a big hit in the winter. That's sarcasm, by the way, if you didn't catch that. <clears throat> but, I mean, with what Spike It is promising, I can't wait. I have found an article about it. And there's a little drawing of it. Spike It. Right there. Looks quite nice with the parking lot. And this is off of Dayton Business Journal's website. BizJournals.com, I believe. That's what I get for squinching this thing. BizJournals.com slash Dayton. However, I can't read the article because I've reached my limit of free articles. Because I'm a cheapskate. However, there is an article that I found quite interesting. And this is from Cecilia Salomon, a staff reporter with DBJ. It's an athletic apparel retailer opening soon at the Cincinnati Premium Outlets in Monroe this month. This is for the women. It is... Proletics. It's a 2,000 square foot store. Leggings, jeggings, shorts, athletic apparel for women, all priced at just $10. So if that interests you, interests you, go check that out. It'll be between the Under Armour and the Skechers store. And that's a Monroe off of Ohio State Route 63. For those that don't know where it is, what does this have to do with sports fields? Well, you need gear to play sports on the sports fields, don't you? And plus, you know, there's a lot of great businesses around here that, you know, I'll never know the entirety of through throughout this podcast life, throughout my life. I mean, there's a lot of great people out there. There's also a lot of shady people out there. Avoid those shady people and deal with the good-hearted people. And... You know, it's a nice thing to say, hey, there's things happening around here. It's not just, oh, it's so boring, blah, 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 blah. Now, the key de resistance, I guess, that's that's a phrase. The big cherry on this ice cream hot fudge sundae edition of, what am I talking about? Wow, this episode's going off the rails. Actually, it's already off the rails. But the big part of this episode is the ginormous Warren County Sports Park at Union Village. It will host the premier Supercopa June 17th through 21st next year. So no, I was not late on that like I was Wright State's winning of the McCafferty Trophy. That's enough out of you. This year's tournament, which was held about two weeks ago in Dallas, be the week of June the 12th, drew 20,000 attendees over its five-day run. So about 4,000 people per day. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. It's one of the most prestigious and one of the most largest tournaments in the United States. And it's going to be held at the 128-acre Warren County Sports Park which has already begun work as of February 2018. It's going to be off of State Route 741, and it will feature 14 international-sized soccer fields, six baseball fields, and other amenities not listed on the Biz Journal's website. 
which, by the way, was wrote by Bill Sialowitz. He's a managing manager at Cincinnati Business Courier. Sorry if I butchered that last name. So 128 acres, 14 international-sized soccer fields, along with six baseball fields and other things not listed. The president and CEO of the Warren County Convention and Visitors Borough, Philip Smith, mentions in a press release, We built the only destination sports park in southern Ohio and couldn't have picked a better event to help inaugurate this new facility. And according to the impact... The event impact calculator, which is probably the coolest calculator you could ever buy. It's from Destination International. The event will generate an estimated economic impact of more than $14 million for the region by filling the hotel rooms, most likely Lebanon, Monroe, Springboro maybe, Mason. Now that's your four biggest cities around that area. Also, the restaurants, hopefully that McDonald's and Monroe's open by then. That's, uh, that's wasted money, if they're not. By the way, that McDonald's and Monroe was open for, what they say, 29, 34 years? Before they got the boxy update? I just remember one time I was a kid and Garfield and Friends was on TV. I don't remember what we were doing that uh, in Monroe that early on Saturday morning, but that's why I remember... So there you go. Yeah, $14 million. Any money is good money. Just ask anyone with money. But in, to have that big of a splash in that area, that's huge. <clears throat> I mean, outside of sports, you got Kings Island, of course. So that's that's always doing good business. The beach, I think that's open again. Oh, sadly, you don't hear the come to the beach advertisements on radio or TV. Maybe you do. I don't, but there you go. It's just too bad Americana's not open anymore. That, in case you don't know, that was the cheaper amusement park compared to Kings Island. And then an RV salesman bought it, said, yeah, I'm going to fix it right up, and never did. And now it's all gone, and Monroe is going to make it into Bicentennial Park. I think that's what it is. But yeah, I mean, you get one of the biggest tournaments in the United States. That's huge. And it's definitely a big splash for Warren County. And a little bit more. This is from the Hamilton Journal News, Butler County's local news now. It's an arm off the Dayton Daily News. Um, Actually, I was going to say owned by Cox Media, but I forget if they sold that part or not. Anyway, from Lawrence Budd, a staff writer, new Warren County Sports Complex scores national soccer tournament with 3,000 players. I mentioned to you that the last one they held just a couple weeks ago drew about 20,000. The Warren County Sports Park at Union Village is expected to host a national youth soccer tournament next spring. It'll be the first national championship soccer event played at the new park. According to Ben Huffman, who's Director of Sports Enterprises for the Warren County Convention and Visitors Bureau. Also, Cincinnati USA helped out as well. They're kind of like the bring people to Cincinnati arm, which is tourism. I don't know why I say bring people to Cincinnati arm. Might look better on a resume. I don't know. Huffman also added in a press release that being selected to host a, such a highly regarded tournament was an absolute honor. And we're looking forward to working alongside the Cincinnati USA CVB U90C and everyone involved to put on a wonderful event. This year's tournament was held at MoneyGram Soccer Park in Dallas. Drew about 20,000 people according to this article. And next year, it'll be June 17th through June 21st, 2020. Pray that's better weather than it's been this year. Features nearly 200 youth soccer clubs. That's a lot of teams. More than 3,000 of the nation's best boys and girls players 9 through 12 years old. Again, it's youth. And more than $14 million, again, added on. Now, 
there's another article that's in the related, and it's also from Lawrence Bud, but this is from January 27th, whereas the article talking about the the tournament coming in June 18th, just about a week ago. The facility is expected to open late this spring. It talks about its $15 million price tag, 120-acre sports complex, and they're expecting 700,000 people. Well, actually, is that supposed to be 70,000? There's two zeros after the comma. It's supposed to draw a lot of people in. And back in January, the facility was nearing completion. 12 multi-use grass fields, 4 all-grass baseball diamonds, 2 multi-purpose synthetic turf fields, and 2 synthetic turf baseball fields, as well as 2 headquarter buildings, concession stands, and restroom facilities. And the park will be ringed with walking trails, kind of like what Delco Park is in Kettering. I mean, minus the, you know, the fields and everything, but there's a giant walking path around Delco. And you can see the old... Uh, that's not Delco, is it? Tenneco? Sure, let's call it that. Should be early spring, late summer. Oops. Late spring, early summer for that opening. And the first phase of the Union Village community is under construction, too. And apparently, this is going to be across the Otterbein Senior Life Main Campus, which is just a little north of 63. You go northbound 741, bam, there's the Otterbein Senior Life Main Campus, not to be confused with Otterbein U in Columbus. Houses should start appearing this summer. So it's not just a big sports complex. It's going to be a living complex, a sports complex. The sports park includes a west wing along 741 and an east wing along Green Tree Road, which is that road where it had that, you know, one light flasher saying, you stop, you go, and I think that's now stoplights. I haven't been down there in a long time. Which runs just outside, this is Green Tree Road, which runs just outside Lebanon to Interstate 75. So, definitely it's something that I'd like to check out, see how they're doing, but, again... That's that's a lot of people expected. There's a lot of money in this. And, of course, new places. I mean, I, I'm excited to see what that tournament is going to be like next year. It's one of the biggest in the United States. And it's coming to Warren County, which is between Dayton and Cincinnati. So, definitely, definitely a huge thing. And I'm really hoping that it does work out and now we move on from constructing new fields to updates on local Sunday sports we'll start off with the United States women's national soccer team yes I know it's not Cincinnati or Dayton based but there is Rose Lavelle and very exciting thing is she's part of this squad and I got to cover her when she was a member of the Dayton Dutch Lions women's team. All those years ago. I'm trying to think what year was that. Was that 2014? I think it was 2014. Anyway. Rose Lavelle is doing a great job with the USWNT. And the next game for the Americans will be against France in the quarterfinal. That will be Friday, June 28th at 3pm. Definitely looking forward to seeing that. This United States team, they've done some work. I mean, coming off two, I believe it was two penalty kick goals against Spain to advance against France in the round of 16. United States took down Sweden before, 2-0. Chile, 3-0. And Thailand, 13-0. So the Americans, they got a tough customer in France, but it's great to see that... Rose Lavelle is doing superbly in this group. Just to give you a little tidbit on what the match should be like, this is a France squad that is undefeated in three matches. They've scored seven, allowed just one. That 
is a plus six goal differential. Three better than Norway. They're in the Group A club with Norway, Nigeria, and South Korea. And you go to Group F. That's the American group. 18 goals scored by the Americans. None allowed for plus 18. That's ridiculously good. And looking through all the groups, that's the best. Plus 18. United States is in the group with Sweden, Chile, and Thailand. Thailand suffering the worst goal differential at negative 19. The Americans 3-0. They're facing off against Group A's France. Just tell you what Groups B, C, D, and E have. Germany leads Group B with six goals scored, none allowed. Over Spain, China, and South Africa. Group C has Italy. 2-0-1 are the Italians, plus five in goal differential. Over Australia, Brazil, and Jamaica. Actually, the Italians, I was going to say Italia, which I guess in terms of, you know, how it's said foreignly, I guess that's correct, foreignly? Whatever. Italy, Australia, and Brazil are all 2-0-1, and Jamaica is 0-3. That would be losses. We look at Group D. England, a 3-0 record. Over Japan, Argentina, and Scotland. Group E, the Netherlands are 3-0. Over Canada, who's 2-0-1, our neighbors to the north. Cameroon and New Zealand. Again, United States and France battle this Friday at 3. Looking at the FIFA rankings, the Americans are number 1. and Overall, 11 wins, 1 loss, and 2 draws. And United States have scored 49 goals. That's impressive. The winner of USA-France will take on the winner of Norway-England, I believe. And Germany already against Sweden and Canada. Italy-China versus the Netherlands and Japan. Winner of those playing the quarterfinals. Waiting on the right side of the bracket. And now we talk about local soccer. And we'll stay with women's. And we'll talk about the WPSL standings in the Ohio Valley Conference. Two local teams in Dayton and Cincinnati. Motor City FC out of Detroit. Their record, very impressive. Eight wins and a draw. 25 points. 42 goals scored. And just three allowed. For a plus 29. Actually, wait. No, that's that wouldn't be plus 29. That'd be plus 39. Oh, what's up with everything being wrong and me reading the wrong things and then me feeling like an idiot? Anyway, Motor City in first place, the Cleveland Ambassadors, four wins, two losses, and a draw. Cincinnati Sirens, three wins, four losses, and one draw. A goal differential of negative eight. Columbus behind Cincinnati at two, three, and two. That's wins, losses, and draws. AAFC, that's Ann Arbor FC, 2-5, and five, and the Dayton Dutch Lions, 1-6-1. and one. After their great 5-2 win at home against AAFC, the Dutch Lions lost five in a row before tying at Columbus, excuse me, drawing at Columbus, 1-1 affair at Capital U. And then the Dutch Lions fell to Motor City at home, their last home match of the season. Two more road games await Dayton. They'll be in Cleveland and then at Cincinnati on the 27th to round up 2019. Like I mentioned, this WPSL season, 10 matches, and it goes by just like that. It's been really a big honor to come back as the PA announcer for the Dayton Dutch Lions. So I really enjoyed my time seeing the women play. It's just sad that it's over, and the men's side is almost over as well, which we'll talk about right now. We go into USL League 2 standings. We talk about the Great Lakes Division in the Central Conference. Newcomers to the division, Chicago FC United. They are 6-3. and three. That's wins and losses, 22 points, and they have scored 22 goals, which is... The top in the Great Lakes, and the closest would be 13 scored by Dayton. 
In second place, there is currently a two-team tie for second. Cincinnati and Flint City are both 4-2-2 with 14 points. Numbers are pretty similar until you get to the goals against. 11 goals for the Cincy Dutch Lions and 11 for the former Michigan Bucks. However, the Cincinnati Dutch Lions have allowed 9 goals, second lowest to Chicago's 8. And Flint City has given up 12, plus 2 for Cincy. Negative one for Flint City. In fourth place are the Dayton Dutch Lions, four and five. They're coming off a four-two win at the West Virginia Alliance, who currently sit 0-6-2 after eight matches played. The Dayton Dutch Lions have scored 13, allowed 16 for a negative three goal differential. West Virginia, the worst plus-minus in the Great Lakes at negative 12, with five goals scored, 17 allowed. And that's your standings in the Great Lakes Division currently. Trying to think if Cincinnati would have the tiebreaker over Flint. There are a couple matches left. Cincinnati is coming to Dayton this Friday at the dock. Come on out because you don't want to miss the Derby. I tell you, it's always something that I questioned about when Dayton and Cincinnati first started playing. Back in USL PDL, now League 2 is why didn't Cincinnati or Dayton play in any friendlies? They were at different conferences at the time. Working for both Dayton and Cincinnati Dutch lines at the time, too, that was neat because we got to go to Xavier and then to West Carrollton Stock Stadium for the Dayton side. I'm I'm looking forward to an exciting finish. I think Cincinnati's in the driver's seat for second place in the Great Lakes. Right now, Chicago, 6-3. and three. And Cincinnati 4-2-2, two two, which, I mean, Cincinnati's got to play the cards right. Possibly a Great Lakes title is in order. We'll go and look at the Cincinnati Dutch Lions schedule, hopefully. We click on the game schedule. I tell you what I'm doing. I mentioned Cincinnati and Dayton. That's this Friday. Why'd you reload after I was... Ugh, whatever. At Dayton this Friday. Sunday back home against Flint City Bucks. One more trip to Chicago at Loyola University's Hoying Field. That's Saturday, July 6th. And then a trip to West Virginia at the Shawnee Sports Complex. I think that's Charleston on July 13th. That's a Saturday. So one home game left for the Cincinnati Dutch Lions. I'm going to be really excited for this derby. Because last time Dayton hosted Cincinnati, it doesn't count in the standings. Even though they played, it counts as a friendly, and both teams tied 1-1. Great turnout of both the supporters' sides of Cincy and Dayton, and I'm hoping that's the same this Friday. Although I looked at the weather report, it's supposed to be 90 degrees. So I'm hoping the food truck has some shaved ice or something to keep the fans cool. Here's hoping. Then again, it's 7 o'clock, first kick, so... It should start cooling down, maybe, hopefully. I don't know. At least it's not supposed to rain. Or is it? I don't know. Anyway, we'll look at the Dayton side of things, because there's two home matches left for the Dayton Dutch Lions. Again, click on game schedule. This is exciting. I mentioned 4-2 win at West Virginia last night for Dayton. Got off to a very quick 2-0 lead in the first 10 minutes of the match and held off for a 4-2 win. There are two home matches left this Friday against Cincinnati, and Dayton will host the Flint City Bucks. The first time the two teams will meet up in Dayton, and the only time these two teams will meet up in Dayton. Second time on the season, and then July 13th, Dayton will be at Flint City at Atwood Stadium at Kettering University. I watched a little of the Dayton at Flint City match. Man, they've done a really nice job Repairing Atwood Stadium. It used to be where... What was it? Semi-Pro? Or was that where Michigan Flint football played? Against Wright State. I'm trying to remember how I remember Atwood Stadium. But there you go. And no, Kettering University is not intertwined with Kettering, Ohio. Nor is it with Kettering Hospital. Or Health System. Or whatever they're going by these days. So yeah. There are three more opportunities to catch your Dutch Lions in Dayton and Cincinnati. I suggest you do so because the quality of soccer is very, very good. As we jump from USL League 2 and WPSL to 
the big time MLS. And FC Cincinnati currently sits in the basement of the Eastern Division. And Columbus is still third from last. That means that both FC Cincinnati and Columbus Crew SC are out of the playoff picture, but don't worry, the season goes for a long while, so you got plenty of chances to catch local MLS soccer. FC Cincinnati, three wins, 12 losses, two draws, a negative 21 in goal differential, which is now the worst in the MLS. New England, close on the goal differential at negative 16. One more win than FC Cincinnati. Five more points than FC Cincinnati. But one less than the Columbus Crew SC. 5-10-2 is Columbus's squad at negative 9 goal differential. Your playoff picture if the season's playoffs were to start today for some reason. Philadelphia, Montreal, D.C. United, Atlanta United, New York Red Bulls, New York City FC, New York Monsters. I'm sorry, I made that up. The last team in the playoff bubble is Toronto FC. Just outside, Chicago Fire and Orlando City SC. Look at the Western Conference. LAFC, LA Galaxy, Seattle Sounders, FC Dallas, Houston Dynamo, Minnesota United, and Real Salt Lake. Outside the Western playoff bubble, San Jose, Sporting Kansas City, Unsporting Kansas City, and somewhat Sporting Kansas City. I gotta stop doing that. Vancouver Whitecaps, Portland Timbers, Colorado Rapids. That's your MOS look. And I like to see when the next matches are for both these squads. Again, I do talk about pro Columbus sports just because of the fact before FC Cincinnati's emergence in the MOS, this is the only team in the MOS, so it's always been a thing I've done. And plus NHL, Cincinnati's not going to get a team. And there you go. That's why I do it. Trying to find where the schedule button is on here. There we go. There's It's in extras. You know, because schedules are extra. The next match, according to FC Cincinnati's website, is Saturday, July 6th. It will be FC Cincinnati hosting the Houston Dynamo at Nippert Stadium. And then Thursday, July 18th, FC Cincinnati takes on DC United. Looking through the schedule on here, I believe... Oh, that's the game's left. I was going to say the FC Cincinnati squad coming off an upset in the Open Cup to St. Louis on the road. Which, by the way, St. Louis, it sounds like at the MOS All-Star game, which is MOS All-Stars versus some team out there from Foreign Waters... Uh, St. Louis looks like they're going to get an MOS nod. So that's pretty cool. Cincinnati-St. Louis rivalry lives on. Not sure if it's going to be St. Louis Football Club, the team that beat FC Cincinnati. Not sure if it's going to be St. Louis Lions, which I don't think it would be. That's the, I believe that's USL League 2 side. But there you go. It looks like FC Cincinnati will have a St. Louis squad to rival against. The next match is away at Alliance Field against Minnesota United FC this Saturday at 4 p.m. You can catch it on radio at WJDO 99.5 FM, 107.9 FM, and 1480 AM in Cincinnati. Apparently, you can also listen to it on TuneIn by searching WDJO, and you can watch it on WatchESPNFCCincinnati.com. Apparently, it's on ESPN2 according to this. So that's pretty cool. And I think that knocks off 64. So if you have Channel 64 in Cincy, I don't believe you're going to be able to watch Saturday's match because it's on national TV. At least I think. I could be wrong on that. Because the rest of them say TV six, TV Star 64. Used to be the WB 64, but there you go. And now let's try to find the Columbus Crew SC schedule. I've been keeping my eye out on the stadium situation. Apparently, it hasn't been bought yet. So I don't know what's going on with the land west of Huntington Park, the home of the Columbus Clippers. I'm kind of hoping that it does come true because 
all the pro Columbus sports play on Nationwide Boulevard. You got the Blue Jackets and Destroyers of Nationwide. Clippers are just down the road at Huntington. Wouldn't it be nice if the crew were just down the road at insert new field name here? I think it would be. But that's just me. The crew fell in Open Cup play against the Land United FC Tuesday, June 18th, and also fell just last Sunday against Sporting Kansas City 1-0. Your next match is Saturday, June 29th at home at Mafre Stadium against Orlando City SC. And for you Columbus folks, it's on 97.1 FM The Fan, Fox Sports Go, ColumbusCrewSC.com, and Fox Sports Ohio. The channel that the crew ought to be on. I'm sorry, but I once... I wasn't sure what the deal was with the Time Warner Sports Channel getting the crew, but I was like, you lost half your, at least half your subscriber base just because most people don't have Time Warner. They have something else and they can't pick up the channel, so there you go. Didn't realize that the crew were on 97.1. I thought they were on 10, whatever that 102 is. 1025? It's the same channel as carrying Destroyers football this year. But there you go. That's your look at soccer. And we'll talk a little bit about Reds and Dragons. I tell you, with the Reds, I think they're going to turn the corner and then they drop three in a row, including a 5-1 loss late last night to the Los Angeles Angels of Los Angeles. Because remember, they dropped the of Anaheim a couple seasons ago. That puts the Reds in the tie for fourth in the NL Central with Pittsburgh at 36 and 41. The Pirates have lost one. The Reds have lost three, but both teams are six and four in their last ten. And that's actually the best mark in the NL Central. Cubs are five and five in the last ten. They're currently in first place at 43-36. Milwaukee is on a three and seven bend the last ten, 42 and 37. Cardinals, two above 500, 40 and 38, and there are your Reds, and there are the Pirates. Logan through Atlanta still leads the NL East. LA Dodgers still lead the NL West. I think last time it was 13 games, or 10 games, now it's 13 games. I just spoiled it on a slip. Hooray me! And we look in the AL, the Yankees, six up. They did just get back Giancarlo Stanton, but now apparently he has a contusion in his knee. That's the right word, right? Contusion? So he might be heading back to the IL. At sports. Twins lead the AL Central. The Indians are eight and a half back. And in the AL West, Houston leads Texas by six and a half games. The Angels themselves at 500 at 40 and 40. Under Brad Ausmus's first year. With the LAA club. Seattle in last place. Oakland third place. And Texas in second place. I still don't know how I didn't know that Texas was in second place. I don't know. And now we touch on a little bit on the Dayton Dragons. Split the four game series at home against the Lansing Lugnuts. Won the first and third game. Dropped the second and fourth game. In that fourth game the Lugnuts had a very big inning. I think their lead got up to 8 nothing at one point. And then it was 9-6 Lansing win. The Dragons dropped their first one at West Michigan by a 3-1 margin, giving the Whitecaps their first win of the second half. It's a split half, meaning the two teams that clinched playoff spots in the first half can't double clinch. Again, there are baseball leagues that do that, but it's not in the Midwest League. Right now, Bowling Green, Lansing, and South Bend are tied for first out of the eligible teams at three and two. Lake County is four and one, but again, they have the wild card in the first half. Great Lakes is at three and two as well. Dayton at two and three, Fort Wayne and West Michigan at one and four. Now, it's a long half. I mean, we're just five games into the second half but we'll look at the overall standings Dayton 2 and 3 in this half and 30 and 45 overall your best record in the Midwest League goes to Great Lakes not the best percentage but the most wins at 46 26 
Quad Cities is at 45-25. That's two less games, but the percentage is a little higher because those games. Math is a funny thing. I still think the Dragons are on the right track. They had a couple of transactions. Mario Bautista is back in the Dragons lineup. He was off for... He's been off for a while with that injury. He rehabbed in Arizona and got recalled back up with the Dayton Club. And outfielder Sharp Monroe got the extra A. He's at advanced A with Daytona, which is just Dayton with that extra A. Like I made the joke. You can laugh here, you can't. I don't know. But it does seem like the Dragons are playing a little bit better. But they also suffer from the inconsistent bug. That's got to be an I-75 thing. At least it is with the drivers. And that will do it. That's episode 102 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. I want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast. It was nice to talk about what's coming up in the sporting world around here in terms of new facilities, new fields, and hopefully you know, these teams will start coming back in seeing that, hey, Dayton, Ohio is a great sports town. And it always has been. Although I still don't understand that you can have a fishing and hunting show with no local sports. Yeah. Might save that for 103. Who knows? But this has been the local Sunday sports podcast, the gem on the Queen's crown, the Cincinnati Dayton sports podcast. And this is Lee W. Mallon signing off. Catch you on episode 103. This has been another installment of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the local Cincinnati and Dayton sports podcast. Closing theme by James Anderson from FreePD.com. Follow the podcaster on Twitter at the Lee W Mowen, spelled T H E L E W M O W E N, and the podcast on Twitter at Gem on Queen Crown. Like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown. For every link and platform available to listen to the local Sunday Sports Podcast, please visit theleewmowen.com slash podcast. Would you like a question about sports answered on the podcast? Send a message on Twitter at either account or visit theleewmowen.com and click Contact Me and your question might be answered in a future episode. Thank you for listening and your support of this podcast.